0: You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome into this Twitter Tuesday episode here on Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, a name that not many are familiar with keeps popping up for the Saints at 28 in NFL mock drafts. Let's see what there is to learn about Georgia cornerback Tyson Campbell and whether or not he could be a fit in the Big Easy. Then we're joined by Brooke Kirchoffer of BR Proud to talk a bit about Jabril Cox and his pro day. We got a little bit deeper than the numbers here what coaches worked with the LSU linebacker, how he felt about his workouts, and some of the intangible assets put on display that could help to elevate his draft stock. And finally, for our Twitter Tuesday, I asked for your sleeper picks on Twitter. So we'll talk about some of those late round names that Saints fans are excited about. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson Nola on Twitter, deputy brand manager over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the National Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. All right, y'all, very glad to be here with you on this Tuesday uh, episode here at Locked On Saints. I appreciate you very much for taking the time to join us, especially with everything going on with Apple Podcasts right now. I know it's been hard to get new episodes and things like that. It's They're having some large scale issues over at Apple with the new Apple Podcast app. So if you have any issues with getting inconsistent uh, podcasts or anything like that, just try a different podcast app, Spotify, Odyssey, Stitcher, all of that, and they should be there for you, all the others are updating. But I appreciate you being here with us today. want to talk a little bit to open up the show before we get to Jabril Cox, the LSU linebacker that we're all very excited about having his pro day on Monday. I want to talk a little bit about the cornerback class for the New Orleans Saints. Oftentimes when we talk about the quarterbacks, we talk about, you know, Caleb Farley, J.C. Horn, some guys that may be a little bit out of range, but the Saints could potentially move for Greg Newsom, who could fall into the 20s somewhere and be an option for New Orleans, and as well as a couple of other options that could be there at the bottom of round one, like Eric Stokes out of Georgia. But it's his teammate, Tyson Campbell, that's been showing up in a lot of mock drafts for the New Orleans Saints, including Peter King's mock draft, who is somebody that's pretty well tied in to the NFL. He mentioned that he asked uh, GMs about a player that they felt like could leap into the first round that isn't being talked about as much, and apparently one GM very excitedly expressed his feelings about Tyson Campbell the Georgia line excuse me Georgia cornerback that he believes is a first rounder and has all of the though raw potential to be a star in the NFL and could slip into the first round and of course we've seen this quite a bit right we look at uh Damon Arnett last year to the to the Raiders we look at uh AJ Terrell to the to the Atlanta Falcons and we see this all the time particularly in the cornerback class to where Those top corners come off the board and then all of a sudden these teams are looking to address a need. The Saints may be one of those teams that ends up looking to address a need late in the first round and feels good enough about some of these other options that could also be considered second rounders like Tyson Campbell. So let's talk a little bit about Tyson Campbell and see if he does fit with the New Orleans Saints. And so Dane Brugler did a nice, uh, a really great write-up on him and he's the number 55 overall player on uh, Dane Brugler's top 100 board there and the ninth ranked cornerback. And in the write-up on the draft guide, he gave a little summary about him. Overall, Campbell has rare and raw combination of high-end traits to develop into an NFL starting press man corner. Okay, ding, ding, ding. You hear a little bit of press man there. Uh, but his struggles to find consistency and make plays on the football or a glaring hole in his game who require patience at the next level, projecting as a high risk and high reward prospects. So it just depends upon how you feel about high risk, high reward. One of the things that Peter King mentioned is that he would be the perfect candidate for a confident defensive coordinator. And that Dennis Allen very much is. He's a very confident defensive coordinator, could be a player that he feels like he could mold, that he could work with. And of course, again, I know I continue to bring it up, but I do think it's such a big deal that the New Orleans Saints brought in Chris Richard to be their defensive backs coach because again, you talk about a very uh, confident defensive coordinator He's an extremely confident positions coach at that position and can get the most out of the players that are there. So if you look at Tyson Campbell as somebody that can come in and potentially play that press man corner, then that makes a ton of sense for you. Now, if you think that maybe you like Greg Newsome a little bit more than you like Tyson Campbell, it's actually funny how eerily similar they are. Tyson Campbell, 6'1", 193 pounds. Greg Newsome, 6'1", 192 pounds. Look at the length, the speed, everything is pretty close. 43640 for Campbell, 438 for Greg Newsom, a 73 and three quarter inch wingspan for Greg Newsom, 75 and a half inch wingspan for Tyson Campbell. So he's got a little bit more length. Their 10 yard splits are almost identical 1. 1.5, 1.53. Greg Newsom wins in the explosion market when it comes to the vertical jump at a 40 inch vertical to uh, Tyson Campbell's 34 and a half inch vertical and some of the agility things when you look at short shuttle and three cone, you have a clear uh, advantage for Greg Newsom there by several tenths of a second. So it just depends upon what it is that you value. If you value size and length and raw talent, raw potential. Tyson Campbell is your guy. If you really value uh, agility, you really value explosiveness, and you value natural instincts, Greg Newsome's your guy. But most of the knocks on them are shared, each of them uh, drawing a little bit of criticism for their their drawing of penalties, uh, for instance, each of them drawing a little bit of concern about durability, each of them having some issues with flipping their hips a little prematurely, exposing their blind spots to wide receivers, and therefore losing them out of the break. These are all eye discipline and play discipline type things that get addressed once you move up to the NFL level. You want to focus on what they can do, and what they can do is pretty much pretty similar. Each of them only one interception in their career. They could both use a little bit of work on ball skills and translating some of those uh, pass breakups or passes defense to takeaways. I mean, that would be a big part of both of their games that would need to be worked on But both of them do a very good job at being that prototypical player when it comes to physical profile as well as their elite speed for both these guys as well. So there's a lot to like about both of them. I think you still want to get Greg Newsome out of the two, but if you can't get Greg Newsome and Tyson Campbell ends up being a consolation prize, there's a lot to work with there as long as you're willing to work with it. Now, I'm hoping that the New Orleans Saints do land a cornerback in the first round because I need them to go linebacker in the second thanks to LSU linebacker Jabril Cox he finally had his pro day on Monday so we're going to be checking in with Brick Kirchoffer of BR Proud who's going to come through and tell us a little bit about how Jabril Cox performed and some of the other intangibles that were on full display as well that could help to raise his stock and continue to raise his profile with the New Orleans Saints we'll have that coming up for you next here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked On Saints Now, BetOnline doesn't right now have a prop for Jabril Cox, but they do have a prop available for Tyson Campbell. They have him at an over under 49 and a half selection number. So if that's where he's expected to go in this draft, it would require the Saints either taking him at 28, trading back, which would be something very interesting to see, or potentially trading up in the second round. So if you want to take a look at hundreds and hundreds of props and odds right now, that betonline.ag has. Just head over to the website and over on the top sidebar, click sports, left sidebar, click football, and you have everything that you need. And speaking of everything that you need, I'm going to give you a promo code as well so you can get a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit because it's free to sign up. But when you put that money down, I want you to get a little bit extra. So just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. And once again, you get a 50% welcome bonus with that on your first deposit. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. This year, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts as well. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft April 29th through May 1st. All right, Huda Nation, we are back here on today's episode of Locked On Saints, and I am joined by a very, very special guest. I've been wanting to get this person on the show for so long. Uh, mad respect for all of her work over at BR Proud. And we finally able to make it happen. Talk a little Jabril Cox. We're going to be joined today by Brooke Kirchoffer, who is a sports reporter and anchor for BR Proud. You can follow her on Twitter at Brooke Chesney. And Brooke, thank you so much for taking the time to join. I know you've had such a busy day today. You took some time for us, So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for being here.
0: Yeah, no, thank you for having me.
1: Oh, yeah, of course. Uh, so, Look, I know there's a lot going on at LSU today, Kim Mulkey, everything going on. We're all very excited about it, very excited to see where uh, LSU women's basketball goes. I'm a huge women's basketball fan, so I was very excited to see the hire and what it could mean for the for the team. I'm so excited about it. But I want to talk today <laughs> about Jabril Cox. Jabril Cox had his uh, his, his pro day on Monday. Rand, you were able to get some of his numbers, have a little bit of conversation with him. Let's start with the numbers. Can you update us a little bit upon how Jabril Cox performed? As he does feel like he's a little bit of a target for the New Orleans Saints here.
0: Yeah, and I will say I know he felt good about his numbers today. The biggest thing that he told me that he was circling on the day was, of course, the forty-yard dash. As we know, he was injured back with a strain in his hamstring, and so he couldn't perform in the first pro day. So. Said he wanted to make sure he was ready to go for this 40 yard dash. Not bad. Four, five, four for hey. his 40, especially for a linebacker. I know he wanted to get it under four, five, mm-hmm. but I think that's still a good number for uh, the scouts that were there to clock him. And that's an unofficial time. So sure. we know how weird that can be, too, especially when you have a pro day that's not necessarily uh, with the technology that they're right. used to having. Um, and his vertical. Was thirty four broad jump ten three so not terrible. Yeah. What really sh- impressed me was having to watch it, of course, through um, his Facebook lo- or not Facebook live, his Instagram live. Mm-hmm. Was the rigorous drills that actually a Saints coach was putting him through today? Ah, that was very interesting to see.
1: Yeah, that's really great. How did you feel like he handled those drills, and and did he have any inclination in terms of how he felt he handled those as well?
0: Well, one thing he looked he looked really comfortable, which awesome. When you are by yourself and you don't get to be (laughs) in that team environment of guys hyping you up, there wasn't a lot of people there. Media was not allowed to be there, so I wasn't actually present. But you get a good feel when you can see those Instagram lives. When it's quiet and you don't hear a lot of chatter, You know that can maybe get under some guy's skin. So for him to be comfortable with coaches and be able to handle some of these drills he was being put through, I want to say he was at least 40 minutes. And I couldn't tell which coach it was. It was either Ryan Nielsen or Michael Hodges that was Mm -hmm. up there today. They had the mask on. It looked a little bit more like Ryan Nielsen because I could see some of the facial hair. Mm -hmm. don't know if Michael Hodges invested in a mustache over the offseason, but (laughs) maybe he did, but they just looked really comfortable in that environment. and He was willing to do any drill they put him up against and he handled it well.
1: That's great. I mean, that shows a little bit about not only the athletic profile of all of this, but also sort of the mental fortitude that comes with having to be able to stay engaged with the coach all by yourself without mm-hmm. all of that it's really really great to hear uh did you you mentioned that you had spoken to him he felt like he was pretty pleased with the way that he tested was there anything else that he mentioned to you that uh, that you want to share
0: so we actually spoke the night before and what I was most interested about is the injury right mm-hmm. what happened how has this affected you mentally and maybe how has this changed some of your conversations with scouts definitely this is not twenty eighteen where you didn't have to deal with COVID and all these restrictions and private physicals and whatnot. And he told me that the initial injury happened when he was actually testing for the 40, it was his last Mm -hmm. run of practice. His very last run. And it was, I wouldn't even say it was a tweak. It was just a strain in his hamstring. Mm -hmm. Um, he felt obviously that it needed some rest and he went and spoke to a doctor. And they said, you know, the best thing to do right now is either don't have your pro day at all, completely rest, and just go into the draft without a pro day. He mm-hmm. said, absolutely not. I'm a competitor. That's what I bring to the table, and I want teams to see that. So he healed up. The doctor told him that the date today, um, the 26, would have been good for him to run. He felt good about it. I saw him stretching, and he actually ran it twice. So that's mm-hmm. good news. He didn't just run it once. Um, so then, you know that means that hamstring was feeling good today. So, and when I asked him too, I said, you know, have the conversations changed? How are you making sure these NFL scouts who have been knocking on your door, continue to knock on your door. And he said, I've just gone out of my way to be completely transparent about my injury and making sure they are getting exactly what the doctors um, are telling Jabril. He was making sure to send those directly to coaches uh, and just keeping them involved and interested.
1: I'm loving it. So many of the intangibles that you see from the way that he's handling all of this that are incredibly, incredibly valuable and show a lot of maturity for him as well coming into the NFL. All right. So as we as we turn the page from Jabril Cox and, and we'll see exactly if the Saints do have the interest in him and what potentially that could mean for him. Does he elevate his stock going into the first round? Is he somebody that solidifies himself as a second mm-hmm. round selection? We'll find all that out on Thursday heading into Friday. But are there any other LSU players that stand out to you as potential fits for the New Orleans Saints that you'd like to shout out?
0: Well, I mean, when's the last time they drafted an LSU player? I know that's for people in Louisiana. There's a difference, and you know it too, Ross. Mm -hmm. People that are from Louisiana like to see Louisiana natives thrive and stay with their pro team, the Saints. Fortunately, the Saints haven't had many. Of course, we know Will Clapp was recently re-signed, so they Give a little bit back to LSU, but I would actually really like to see Terrace Marshall Jr. get picked up, especially I think he might be available in that 28 spot for the Saints in the first round. You look at some of the wide receivers that they lost. Manuel Sanders hurts. Michael Mm -hmm. Thomas was injured for the majority of the season. Right. Marquez Calloway was injured at one point. Deontay Harris was injured at one point. So when you look at it, is Traquan Smith your guy? Right. It's easy to see why they would either go wide receiver and I would even say cornerback in the mm-hmm. first round, but I definitely would like to see Terrace Marshall at least be considered for that 28th pick.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm going to save the uh, the LSU cornerback hopes for Derek Stingley next <laughs> season. That's the one I'm going to be hoping for, but we'll see. We'll see exactly what happens there. Um, Great. And then as we as we wrap up here with you once again, uh, Brooke Kirchoffer at Brooke Chesney on Twitter from uh, BR Proud, you took the time to join us and I really, really appreciate it here today. I want to ask Absolutely. one more question with you. Uh, we've been gathering wish lists from folks about their sort of wish list uh, for the NFL draft for the New Orleans Saints. Is there any player position, anything like that that stands out to you? I know we just talked about Terrace Marshall, but is there anybody else (laughs) that stands out to you as a potential whistless spot for the New Orleans Saints in this draft?
0: Well, aside from LSU players, I really like J.C. Horn, the Mm -hmm. cornerback from South Carolina. And we've heard some rumblings, right, that the Saints were maybe at his pro day and Mm -hmm. talking with him and in his here. Honestly, though, all NFL teams try to get a guy out at every pro day. We know that. Um, But... I really like what he's put on film. Given Janoris Jenkins out, we really don't even know what's going to happen with Marshawn Lattimore and if the NFL might come down with a suspension after the incident right, he had back in his hometown. We hope the best for him, but you're kind of left very vulnerable in that cornerback spot. We know Patrick Robinson was able to step up and you know show some signs of maybe potentially being the guy, but to me, he's still that true like backup. Mm -hmm. So I really think they need to go strong with a cornerback in the draft. But also, it's hard for me to go strictly cornerback. I I want to see them go after a linebacker, at least in the first or second round. You lost way too much. Alex Mm -hmm. Anzalone, Quan Alexander, which, of course, that's to cap casualty and an injury. But you've got Demario Davis and then Kay Nellis and Zach Bond, who really – Haven't seen enough of yet. Right. So I feel like there's a lot on the table, but one thing I know the Saints like is versatility at linebacker. And if there's one thing Jabril Cox can give them, it is versatility in that spot.
1: Oh, Drop the mic for me, Brooke. I appreciate you (laughs) so much for taking the time to come through. Absolutely. You're an absolute phenom and you have had uh, such a busy day. (laughs) So thank you so much for coming through. Oh, of course. Uh, Brooke Kerchoffer at Brooke Chesney on Twitter, sports reporter and anchor at BR Proud. Thank you so much. And I hope to have you back on here soon.
0: Thank you so much, Ross.
1: Big thank you again to Brooke who took the time to come through. And I want to add one quick note that she told me uh, after we had finished recording, but mentioned that I could say, uh, apparently she also asked Jabril Cox who he was talking to the most, who was hearing from the most. He mentioned the New Orleans Saints and also mentioned that whether it was Ryan Nielsen or it was Michael Hodges, whoever it was that was working out with uh, Jabril Cox, he seemed to not really allow any other scouts to get an opportunity from other teams to work with them. Tended to kind of be like, no, I'm working with him right now. And was really kind of, it was giving him a lot of attention. Let me say it that way. I wanted to make sure that nobody got in the way of that. So take that for what you will. But again, these intangibles, these other little things definitely add up when it comes to the time that is spent with these prospects. All right, so Jabril Cox, potentially an option for the New Orleans Saints Day 1, Day 2. Now let's take a look at some of the later round guys, the folks that the Saints fans over on Twitter consider their favorite sleepers. We have that coming up for you next year on today's episode of Locked On Saints, part of Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to check out our friends over at rockauto.com. Doesn't matter what you drive, Ford, Fiat, Dodge, Daewoo, doesn't matter. if you have. Any need when it comes to your vehicle, whether it's an accessory, whether it's a major part, whether it's a a a, a body, right, a pe- like, a, like a, a hood or a tailgate, for instance, they've got you taken care of over at rockauto.com. All you have to do is head over to the website, give them your make, your model, the piece that you're looking for, the part that you're looking for, and they're going to give you several different options, all at a fraction of the price as what you would get at one of those brick and mortar chain stores around the corner. So go ahead and check them out, rockauto.com. From the comfort of your own home, you can log on on your computer, on your phone, on your couch, from your office, wherever you are, and then get everything safely delivered to your doorstep. So go and check them out, rockauto.com. Don't forget to let them know that Locked On sent you by writing Locked On and How'd You Hear About Us section. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get it, Houdad Nation. Of course, the NFL draft is right around the corner. We are officially in draft week. But if you want to keep up with everything going on around the wild world of sports, go and check out the great Peter Bukowski and the fantastic Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast. All right, y'all. So, with Twitter Tuesday here, we decided to take a look at some sleepers. I reached out to the wide, wide network of Saints fans on Twitter to give me some of their favorites. Uh, in the later rounds, and I'm going to start off with a couple of names. You're not going to be able to go through everybody because we got a bunch of comments there, but if you want to check it out, at Ross Jackson Nola, you want to find some players to maybe uh, take a look at or maybe to research as you get into the NFL draft here over the next couple of days, definitely head over and check those out. But I'm going to pick a couple of names to talk about. I'm going to start off with Nashawn Wright, the cornerback out of Oregon State, who I actually do like quite a bit. This one came from Jason Champagne, at Jason DC7, just to give you some other names. We also, brought up edge rusher Norris Robinson, uh, Nick Neiman, the linebacker, uh, Kenny Nwangu, who we've talked about a bunch here on the show as well. But I wanted to focus in on Deshaun Wright a little bit before we move on to somebody else because Deshaun Wright's actually a really interesting guy, six foot four, about 183 pounds. He's a cornerback, former wide receiver. Y'all know how much I like that. So he's got excellent eyes and a knack for locating the ball in the air. Fantastic. Ball skills as well. And he ran a 44740 at his size, again, six foot four, 183 pounds there. So he has a lot of things that work for him, but he's going to need to keep focusing in a bit on his technique. He's going to need to be taught he's probably going to be a day three guy, sixth, seventh round, potentially even get into the priority free agent conversation. But if he were somebody that were to end up with New Orleans, there's actually a really interesting comparison that's been made for him. A lot of folks see his ceiling. if, If he were to become an all pro corner, let's say it that way, they compare him a lot to Richard Sherman. So a really interesting thing. Now we have to take that with a grain of salt, right? We're talking about a sixth, seventh round prospect, late day three prospect at this time, but. Interesting that a lot of people compare him to Richard Sherman in his play style, even though he is a little bit more of a press man guy. And of course, the Saints having Chris Richard, there might be something there in terms of what, what potential coach out there could be able to maximize Nashawn Wright's talent. It might be in the Big Easy. That might be a thing. So definitely somebody to keep an eye out on. Five interceptions over his career in just two seasons of actually playing football. Transferred from Laney College, a junior college, over to Oregon State led the team in interceptions in 2019, led the team in passes, defense, and interceptions in 2020 over just six games. Let's get to a couple over on the defensive line that I really like. We'll go to Raymond Parch, the third over at 103.7, the game, he and I spent some time together over at the Senior Bowl watching this guy, Cam Sample, the defensive lineman from Tulane. I've talked about him a bunch and I wanna really focus in on players that I haven't talked about very much, but you look at a guy that can work on the outside, inside has great pass rushing moves. All of that, really tenacious, high motor, high character. All of that. Camp samples absolutely that guy. Jonathan Kraft also brought us here at Jonathan Kraft sixty five on Twitter. Jalen Twyman, Jalen Twyman, the defensive tackle out of Pittsburgh. He was really considered to be a first round, maybe early second round guy. He was a fringe first rounder, and then opted out of the twenty twenty season, and then never really recovered from that in terms of his stock, but. He has modeled his game after former Pittsburgh player Aaron Donald has spent some time working out with him as well, penetrating three tech type of a player, certainly a need for the New Orleans Saints. And, uh, you know, Jonathan really likes the idea of pairing him up with David Onyemata. And I got to tell you, I'd be very happy about that as well. Let's get over here with a look at a Saints Twitter celebrity coming through Saints World at N-O Saints World, W-R-L-D, good friend. Uh, he talks about Trill Williams and Jonathan Adams both being sleepers. He does believe that Trill Williams could possibly be a third round player, but still a bit of a stud that nobody's really talked about enough. And I, I do agree with that. if Funwu and Andre Sisco really getting a lot of love out of uh, Syracuse there, Trill Williams sort of falling behind. He has some things that you definitely want to be able to work on, his ability to be able to transition from backpedal to keeping pace with the receiver and trail technique and all those types of things, but he's got really good size—six foot, two hundred and eight pounds. Good length with seventy-five inch wingspan. There, I mean, you have a lot to like here. Doesn't really have the elite speed—four, five, seven—in terms of his forty, but he does seem to play a little bit faster than that on tape. I, I don't often say that for a lot of guys, but. Trill Williams, I'll say that for, uh, according to Dane Brugler, he did allow a 72% completion rate on catchable targets over the course of his career. So just some ball skills, things that you definitely want to be able to get out there, but he'd be a very interesting zone option for uh, a team that's looking for him. I don't know that he's necessarily a fit for the Saints because of that, but we'll see exactly what it is that their defensive scheme ends up shaping up like as we move into the 2021 season. Maybe they're looking to play a little bit more zone with Chris Richard in the building. All right, let's go over and show the offense some love here, because we talked about a lot of defensive players here. Which, of course, the Saints have a lot of needs all uh, over on the defensive side. There's no surprise about that. But I want to talk about somebody that you know. I uh, well, let me preface this. I get this question a lot about who could be the next Marcus Coulson, who could be the guy that's drafted in the seventh round out of a small school that has great size and just got overlooked. Well, somebody actually brought him up, and one of my favorite candidates for that it's at Brawlers Thirty One. Who brought up Jalen Camp, the wide receiver out of Georgia Tech? Now Georgia Tech tends to run a triple option offense, so it's not very friendly to wide receivers. But when you look at all of the things that he's able to do, he's actually really, really interesting. 78 inch wingspan because of his six foot one, 226 pound frame, long 33 and a half inch arms for a wide receiver. Also ran a 445 at that size as well. Bench pressed 29 reps with those long arms. Also so. I mean, you look at what he's able to do for you. He's somebody that brings you a lot of physical talent, reminds you a little bit of, uh, of Marcus Colson in that way. I mean, Marcus Colson was a little bit more six foot three, six foot four ish. And of course, you know, Jalen Camp is walking the line there between six foot one, six foot two. He has a lot of things that are raw about him his route running, all of those things. But you, again, in the Georgia Tech offense, don't really get a lot of opportunity to be able to do that. But if you look at another potential option as a size, speed, weight kind of guy, height, weight, speed kind of a guy, Jalen Camp is absolutely up there as one of those priority free agent seventh round draft picks that could end up making an NFL roster. All right, let's finish up with a tight end. We haven't talked a ton about tight ends over the course of this draft process, but Sean Payton did mention it as being one of the more deep, classes uh for you know in terms of talent at a certain position so we'll wrap up here with at hank underscore Harold for who brings up matt bushman the tight end out of byu so you're looking at maybe getting uh taysom hill a friend from his old school here now matt bushman 25 years old about 25 and a half years old He's one of those guys that's coming out of BYU and is coming in a little bit late into his NFL career here. And yes, it does have to do with him being on a missionary trip. He went to Chile for the first beginning of his college experience. This is very much like Taysom Hill's story as well. He came to the NFL a little bit late, but instead of moving away from quarterback and playing a little bit of tight end, this guy is an absolute tight end, six foot four and a half, 245 pounds. Willing blocker can handle seam routes, has pretty good hands and ball skills. He's not somebody that's gonna blow you away by any means. I'll tell you exactly who he is. The guy's Josh Hill. Josh Hill, six foot five, 250 pounds, undrafted in uh the 2013 draft when he came into the NFL. That's basically who Matt Bushman here is. So if the Saints are gonna be looking at you know some more guys to come in and compete for a backup role as a tight end. Maybe they end up looking at that deep tight end class and Matt Bushman would absolutely be one of those guys late in day three, potential undrafted free agent that they could bring in to compete with Garrett Griffin, Nick Vanette, and Ethan Wolf for some reps or at least a practice squad spot with the New Orleans Saints. All right, y'all. All five of the TDN mock drafts from Monday are going to end up getting a bit of an update for the midweek mock drafts tomorrow. So we'll go over all of those and see if they add any additional rounds for the New Orleans Saints. And take a look at some of the other players that are getting connected to the Saints as we get closer and closer to the NFL draft. And we also have a few more predictive mocks to look at as well, including our good friend Justin Mello from Mello Monday. So we'll get to those tomorrow and continue on getting you ready for the NFL draft. As always, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out at Ross Jackson Nola or over on the Locked on Saints Facebook group at facebook.com slash group slash Locked on Saints. Take a moment, go subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page so you get a bunch of content there as well across all of our coverage of the NFL, including this weekend as we do go through our three-day live NFL draft coverage. As always, y'all, I appreciate you for coming through and for being here, for listening, for subscribing, for reviewing, for rating, and most of all, for helping to grow this family. As always, you can find me on Twitter at Rosh Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're and them. And trust you, that nation. I'll holler at you.